Welcome to the Pink Lady Against Scammers podcast. Well, hello, everybody. I'm excited about my guest today. I have someone from All Points Investigations, LLC. His name is Christopher Salgado, and he is going to share some great information with us today. Christopher, welcome. All right. Thanks for having me, Patsy. I appreciate it. Yeah. So now you started All Points Investigation. When did you start that company? So on paper, it's been around since 2018, but in impracticality and kind of implementation, it's much younger than that, maybe about three years old. Mm -hmm. Now, before that, you were with Facebook. What was your job at Facebook? Because it looks like you were there for three years at Facebook. Collectively, so around there. So when I started at Facebook, I was born, I'm in Florida now, but I was born and raised in Chicago. And there I was an investigator for a while. And then Pinkerton got a hold of me, which is, they were a contractor with Facebook at the time. And uh, they said that Facebook was looking to gather up some resources for their investigations division. And they asked me if I wanted to be a part of that. And after my jaw hit the floor, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I flew from Chicago to California. And uh, actually, I drove. There's lots of stuff I had to haul. But um, went over to California as a Pinkerton and did a lot of different things for Facebook uh, under the tutelage of my uh, my manager and um, director. They enjoyed what I did for them. So they bought out my contract and made me an FTE full-time employee. So I was an employee of Facebook at that time. They gave me a large roster of other things to help build and manage over there as well. And uh, when I left Facebook specifically to open up and engage in my company, All Points Investigations, um, I did so with the kind of training that I gathered at Facebook and among the other companies that I engaged with. And now we're offering really deep cyber investigations for individuals across the globe. We run physical investigations as well across the globe for fortune-based companies, law firms, um, individuals uh, on various topics. Cool. Um... Where do I leave off at? Okay, so I'll oh, ask the question. How did you decide to do your own company besides being your own boss? Yeah, well, that's always attractive to me. But um, it was it was not a consideration that I took lightly because I was very um, appreciative and, and still am appreciative of the folks at Facebook because they gave me the opportunity to really expand my wings and really understand what true cyber investigations is, right? And what those types of just different avenues of engagement, I'll say. And I was there at a critical time, too. I was there when Cambridge Analytica broke um, and when the Russians uh, had some talks about engaging in a 2016 presidential election. I was there post-election. I was there in December. Obviously, the election was in November. But I was there when the fuel really hit the fire to say, hey, what happened here on the platform and stuff. So I was involved in that kind of timeline. And I learned a lot over there. And the individuals that helped me out, I'm not a prodigy. I was a member of a fantastic team over there. And uh, it was great. So the idea of leaving Facebook to start my own gig was pretty daunting. Uh, but nonetheless, it's something that I've wanted to do for a while, and the time just seemed right. 
I pivoted from Facebook to my own company from California to here in Florida. And uh, it's been a great, it's been a great ride so far. I'm really grateful that I made that jump. Cool. Can you say about how many employees you have? So we have investigators across the country. We have investigators in over a hundred different countries as well. Um, so we are primarily known for really intense cyber investigations. We chase down romance scammers, um, you know, uh, bad actors of various sorts. We do anti-counterfeit investigations um, and we do um, supply chain investigations. We do threat management such as, you know, cyber stalkers and cyber bullying and stuff like that, trying to figure out who's who and what's what, um, chasing hackers across the globe for different reasons. Um, we even do cult investigations, C-U-L-T, cult investigations, and that completely came out of left field. Um, but we gave it a shot, and the person that hired us to do that was very patient with us. I mean, I'm very transparent. I say, hey, you know, I've been investigator for, well, now 22 years, but I've never done a cult investigation, but I have the investigative mindset, right? So she gave us the shot, and what it was was interesting. She contacted me. And it was out of left field, like I said, and she said, my daughter, who was an adult, um, my daughter left the States for a yoga retreat for two weeks in South America. I haven't seen her since this now seven years later. Oh, my gosh. Go away for two weeks. Seven years later, she's not home. Mm -hmm. So but they had some broken communication throughout that tenure. And we had to kind of figure out what was going on because the mom would get some communication from the daughter, but it was this kind of canned forced response that really didn't carry the tone of, of her daughter, right? Some people express that email doesn't have tone, I, I say otherwise, but um, nonetheless, the context, the verbiage and such um, really was not indicative of her daughter that she knew for a long time because she was an adult when she left. So we were charged with really understanding what the context was with that situation. Um, so we do a lot of different things. And that was that was a pretty interesting one with that that case. So since then, we've kind of gained a small notoriety on being the kind of cult investigators. And we dabble in that now as well. <clears throat> Incredible. I'm blown away. You're a rock star. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, every every case we, we try our best that's it yeah since you brought up online romance scams um one thing i run into and i know they're scammers and i tell everybody um but i will play with one i did play with one just to find <laughs> out where the story was going to go most of my scammers <laughs> of my alter ego are on instagram mm -hmm. and they're online they say they're online hackers and they can get your money back which we know they can't but I played along uh, with two because that's someone I never really got involved with. And uh, I wanted to see where the story would go. I knew that I wanted to see. And, you know, they, they do all this stuff and send you screenshots and tell you, oh, it's here, it's here. Now, I need $250 in Bitcoin to buy the software. You know, that's yeah. what it ends up leading to. And yeah. I tell everybody, these guys are not real. I get messages on my TikTok posts, videos that, hey, so-and-so help me get, you know, I block and delete those comments so that my followers and people don't have to read those. Um, what can you tell us about these? They're, I mean, they're probably all from the same country, but it's like, they're coming out of the woodwork on TikTok. 
I mean, there, yeah, you're right. And, you know, there was a time when different platforms were infiltrated to the masses, right, um, by different scammers. And they, these scammers, they follow the times. You know, if one platform is popular one day, they're going to saturate it with their efforts and their profiles. And then when time proves otherwise, a new platform is being highlighted as the, you know, go-to platform. Um, they're just going to shift gears and they won't even cut their deals on that former platform. They'll just expand their resources because they want to net in as much ROI as possible, right? A return on their investment as possible. Um, and and we we suffer by, it. you know, you got to be a stew. You got to know what to look for. And a lot of people are quick to say, you know, when I tell them that we do romance scams, I tell them that, you know, people hire us after losing literally over $300,000 of their own money. And um, not much can be done with law enforcement at that time because law enforcement's like, well, you're an adult and you willingly gave it away. Well, that's kind of half the story. Yes, they did, but there's context to showcase fraud, right? And then you kind of delve into the nicks and crannies of things and try to really put forth a vision and re comprehensive report that paints that person as a victim because that's the truth. Right. It's not just, hey, give me three hundred thousand dollars. Here you go. Um, you know, so as far as the these offenders, I mean, it started with Western Africa, right, in Nigeria. Um, but in the last little bit, Southeast Asia has just blown up immensely and really dwarfed the efforts of Nigeria um, because of the quantity that they engage in, right? I mean, when we <clears throat> when we delved into a certain uh, romance scam uh, case of ours, we've come across, it was that time and many other times that we literally have come across a trove of information online and it's really well hidden, but we came across a large repository of PDFs and just documents, whether it's text, you know, non-PDFs, other text-based documents that really educate one another within their network, the bad actors network, on how to engage people. I mean, the, we've unfolded literal scripts of these people where they're like, hey, follow this. And we've uncovered scripts that literally are titled, one was um, how, to, how to get a U.S. American male, sorry, an American male to send you $5,000 in 30 days. You click on it, boom, would be your script, and you literally copy and paste it. I mean, I hate saying this every time, but unfortunately, these bad actors, they're really well rehearsed, they're well organized, and unfortunately, they're well funded as well. Um, and that's painful because that's now become an institution that one person is battling. We're, we're battling it. We're battling it as a collective society and me as a collective industry person, right? my peers are engaging in the same, but that engagement, that single romance scam, it's an institution against that one person. And that's not likely gonna be a win for that one person. And when I tell people that we engage in romance scams and I you know, sanitize where appropriate, you know, I get a lot of people that are like, oh man, that would never happen to me. And I, to that I say, well, of course it wouldn't because you and I are talking about it right now. There's the situation, we're looking at it from the outside. But I tell people that it doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have on your wall. It doesn't matter how wise you are. Romance scams, at the end of the day, we're human, right? 
So being human, we have hearts. Being Having hearts, we have heartstrings that can be pulled upon. And that's where a romance scam wins because it relies on social engineering to really get you to do something that you otherwise wouldn't do had you not been delivered that context. Before you know it, you look over your shoulder, you're emotionally charged in the situation. At that point, intellect goes out the window. You're driven by emotion. It has nothing to do with intelligence. So I tell people that all the time that you're talking about it. I'm talking about it. We're here. You're not in a romance scam. So you can't just say that it would never happen to you because we've had clients that are really smart, really well educated, and even wise, very wise. They just fell down one day, made a decision that they shouldn't have. And then it just led them to the situation that led them to call us. They look around, they're emotionally charged. They don't believe what's going on, what mom and dad or friend or other family members tell them, hey, you're involved in a scam. You just don't understand. Your mom, your dad, your auntie, your uncle, whatever it is, um, you don't understand me. That's it. I'm, I'm blocking you out, right? Um, it's, it's not that easy. Once they rope you in emotionally, it's hard to get out. Emails from ladies, you know, my mom, my neighbor, you know, I don't have a surefire answer. We have some documentation from Advocating for You, which is a great web page that I talk about all the time. Uh, they try to educate on romance scams and I send them their stuff that they have posted for you to share. And, you know, this is, let's show them this, you know, and I have also offered, look, I'm happy to talk to them, but I still don't think they're going to believe me, you know, and that's what I run into with some of my other people that I work with on TikTok who do the same thing that I do, but their way, it's like trying to convince the victim, uh, you know, you're being scammed, I promise, you know, um, but that's a hard thing. And, and that's why I think we all got out there and we do this education. And I do get other emails from ladies or messages saying, I wish I found you a year ago. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I learned so much from you, which makes me happy, you know, because mm -hmm. I like to, I, I never send anybody money. I want to state that off. I just kind of blindly fell into this in 2016, which started yeah. out as a hobby and became my passion project. But everybody that listens to my podcast knows that story. So I'm not going to go mm -hmm. into it. But you talk about someone being a smart professional person. I had a lady on my podcast, I think it was in December. Um, her name is Rebecca. And um, she works for Scam Haters United now for educating people. She is a professional college educated woman, speaks very well, and fell for one. And it was to the point of suicide she thought about killing herself and that's when she met ruth from scam haters and she was able to help her get past that and now rebecca does all kinds of speaking and interviews and actually she's coming to st louis which is where i'm from the end of march to be interviewed for a documentary so she's like i want to meet up with you i'm like i'm in you know yeah um so i mean there there are there are many people on there we do try to help people having rebecca on was really good because she could share her story because she is someone that's very intelligent, smart, college educated, good job, you know, and that does happen to them, you know. Um, so another question I have is now besides us doing our own homework, um, what can social media do to cut down on these <laughs> scam i know that's like a, it's a, <laughs> a mixed bag it's of tricks um, yeah yeah i mean i know some are like on instagram like when someone you don't know sends you a message you get a pop-up <laughs> now 
the, you don't know this person. Are you sure you want to talk to them? You know, that's one thing they're doing. They are quicker when my account on Instagram for all of this has gotten cloned. They are quick to take the account down, unlike TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, what are some other avenues that social media can do or are some that are already doing that to try to cut down on all the fake accounts? It's I mean, there's there, there's different types of platforms. There's a variety of, of you know, recourses that they have, right? Um, coming from the inside of Facebook, I would like to think, and I'm not speaking for Facebook, but I would like to think that I see both sides. Um, so the easy button, and I'm not watering this down for anyone that pushes it, but the easy button is say, hey, social media is your fault, your fault, your fault. And I'm not saying that's not. I'm also not confirming that it is. But you got to imagine that these social media companies have you know, literally billions of users on their platform. In addition to that, they have billions more of posts, right? I mean, when Cambridge Analytica broke and, you know, face, one of Facebook's um, steps was to hire a bunch of content um, modifiers, right? Or excuse me, um, content uh, uh, reviewers, rather. And I, I think they hired uh, 10,000 reviewers or tens of thousands of reviewers. I don't remember the number um, to help, uh, you know, analyze the content on their platform, moderate it, right? Those are what I was, I was looking for, moderate the content. But even with that, when you're looking at literally billions of posts, if you hire 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000, is that enough to really police what one might argue effectively on the platform? To that, the answer is no. I mean, look at the math there. And then people are, you know, might say, okay, what about AI institutions, algorithms, companies are awful. And I agree with that. Um, but what are those restrictions? What are those allowances, right? Um, you know, Peter Thiel, and I always say his name incorrectly, but one of the uh, original financiers of Facebook, right? He has a, he's the owner of one of the largest cybersecurity companies in the country here. And even he has said that human analysis will never go away because you can deploy AI, you can deploy um, machine learning capabilities, but you're still going to have to have some kind of human touch to it to really identify, delineate where that content lands, right? And he was talking in general, but, you know, the implication, the, the initiation of AI forced tools can't just can't just um, erase everything, right? There's still some human element with that. Having said that, we're therefore constrained or companies are therefore constrained by the human element. You've got to get people that are qualified to do the job. You've got to get people that can do the job. Even if you're qualified, you step in the door, you can still fall on your butt, right? You're qualified to be there, but then you, you show that you really can't handle the job. So, I mean, there's a lot of pieces to it. I understand both sides. And I don't want to really say, hey, it's it's the victim's fault because you gave up $300,000 of your money. You did it. You're an adult. You found yourself in this situation. Um, you know, and I, I don't want to just kind of climb onto the bandwagon of this is an easy fix. Let's just have Facebook do this or whatever like that. Now, I'm not saying that that's not the route to go, but I'm just saying there's a lot of elements that need to be considered before we really kind of go out there and push that just kind of bulldozer agenda. Oh, that, no, that's that's a great explanation. It's both 
both of us, we got to all do our homework, as I say, <laughs> you know, when yeah, I, and, and I always tell again, ladies, not, sorry, I always tell ladies, like if they're going to use the online dating site, okay, first off, if the dude isn't in your city, don't waste your time, you know, um, and so, and, and, uh, even on Facebook or because they're on Facebook as well and Instagram, any of those, and those guys want to chat with you, that's fine. But if they're looking for a relationship and they don't live in your city, don't waste your time, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, that you bring up a good point, like while the two sides are battling, is it social media? Is it an individual engagement? Is it law enforcement? Are, is it the banks? Right. I mean, there's so many players involved in this. Who do you want to really line up against right while they're trying to figure that out you bring up a great point we as a society as kind of pre-victims and because any one of us can become a victim we can educate ourselves with what those red flags look like i mean they're they're modernizing themselves so we have to grow with our education say okay this is what it used to be but now i need to be look, looking out for this because years ago it used to be a lot of people would say hey try to get your romance your partner right your romance fling online to talk to you through a video and if they don't show up on the video boom done deal and that was a nice hard piece of kind of a checkpoint to say hey you, you might be dealing with a scammer here this was years ago right but now they'll do that they'll be you know oh i'll get you on video and you'll see a glimpse of something or someone and then they'll shut it down and say hey I'm in a third world. It's, you know, a junkie signal or whatever it is, whatever it is, right? Some of them will show up just with a, uh, a deep web video and show that, hey, I'm talking to you right now, right? And some of them will be so brazen. And we've seen this. They'll be so brazen. They'll put their real face and image all over that video. Now, the disadvantage to that is likely they're not touting their own photos to say hey this is me aren't i awesome don't i look sweet they probably don't so they're trying to deliver you a 10 and they're not a 10 right but some of them will just be brazen to do something like that because they're like i'm not going to get caught i'm in nigeria good luck with that right um but we have to arm ourselves with the education to really be able to navigate effectively and safely ourselves while everything's being battled out as much as possible. And even once it is, you know, do you really care about what a law says if you're engaging with a person right there? I mean, it's great to have that on your side, but unless the law comes and knocks on your door to help you out, hey, go get that Nigerian scammer or that Southeast Asian scammer, like, is it really going to help you, right? Um, when the situation's at your table, it's kind of too little too late. So we therefore have to take on the onus of educating ourselves and being effectively uh, equipped to live in the online world. And I, I hate saying that every time because I don't want to hear myself say, hey, education is key. It is. That's a fact. But I want something that's like, put on this bulletproof vest, you're not going to get hit, right? I want to hit that easy button for the clients that come to us or the people or my family that come to me and say, hey, how do I negate this, right? Education. Well, great. That didn't help Aunt Mary last week. She's already involved. So what do we do now? Well, now we got to pivot and see what options we have, right? Um, so I wish we did have something more than education, but we don't at this point. Um, and uh, that's the best recourse um to what they're putting up these days we tell the ladies who they have 
them that will come and they just want to, they know what they can talk to me and I don't judge them. I don't judge anybody. I judge myself more than anything. Um, but I always tell, you know, when they tell me their story and I always, and I say this in my lives, I said, okay, you, it happened. Try to move past it. And I know it's hard, but take what you've learned and help others so that they don't fall pray to this because you're now the expert it happened to you you can help others you know and i mean that's kind of what i tell the a few of the ladies and that's great advice you know i I wish we could just kind of wash away that bad experience for them but to your point they didn't have that experience they wouldn't be valuable to the next person to help them or as valuable i'll say to the next person that is looking to negate it as much as possible. I mean, I personally would love to see like an organization that stood up for, you know, fighting against romance scams or pig butchering or extortion or whatever it may be. And like more than half of those volunteers or founders or operate um, officers were not involved in scams. You know, usually it happens to you and then you take on this really aggressive approach to fend, sorry, to defend others. And that's great. Keep doing that. But it would also be nice to see people kind of rise up and say, you know what, this didn't happen to me, but I still have a deep seated um, agenda and interest to save people, right, from falling victim to this. A good one for you. Now, we talked a little (laughs) bit about it before we uh, recorded now. I have a TikTok account. And then my other friend who I always talk about who is Coastal Cowboy 79. Um, but his his account has not been cloned as much as mine. My yeah. account on TikTok, I think, has been cloned like eight or nine times. Yeah. And so you report it. And then and and that's one of the choices. It's like, who are they are they impersonating someone? Yes. Is it you or a celebrity? I always pick me and then I submit it. And then a day or two later they come back with no violation. So I even did the copyright thing. Now, the first time last year I did that, it worked. Um, But then like this last time, I must have not filled the form out right. But I I don't even know if I have a question here. It's kind of like, what do you do? As I told you, I go, I should be flattered that they want to be me. But um, (laughs) but it's like it's frustrating because my main concern and I talk about it all the time is I will never ask for money. These people who are impersonating me, if they ask you for money, don't do it. When in doubt, most everybody has my email, my Instagram. They can contact me there to make sure. Uh, But like I said, most of them are like, hey, I just found another fake account of yours, you know. How do we battle stuff like that? And you, I know you may not have a, a nice, pretty answer. <laughs> well, I'll have a long one. How about that? No, but, um, you know, and, and that's a very frustrating piece of the puzzle with trying to engage social media companies right now. One in particular, just in general, you know, there was a documentary done on one of the platforms uh, several years ago with content moderation, right? If some user reports content to be offensive or seemingly against, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Community standards, excuse me. Hey, let's take it down. Or can you take this down? Can you analyze it to be taken down, right? There's a documentary that was done that really showcased the variance with those responses from platforms, such as what you're describing there. 
you know, one day content will be taken down because it's reported as it's deemed offensive or against their community standards, right? And then a similar piece of content will be flagged to them on a different day or maybe by a different user on the same day. And that person or that process will uphold the content as not violating the community standards. And this was showcased, in my opinion, very well against the platform. And how do you battle that? I mean, you've got a really valid question. How do you battle that? Because as we're trying to inherit all of this education, listen to Patsy, listen to this person, arm yourself with that education. Okay, now I see an offense. To your point, I see a clone account, an impersonation account, impersonator account. I'm doing the right thing, right? I mean, the policy says report content that's offensive or against our community standards. You're not the expert on TikTok's community standards, but you have a level, you know, you have a level head to say, hey, this is not me. And it's saying it's me, oh, right? They're using my videos. Yes. So so you report that. And to your point, you get a an disappointing response, right? And maybe, like you said, the first time you did it, you got the satisfying response. Maybe next month, maybe tomorrow you report again and you get another satisfying response. The responses that are given to users really vary. And a lot of times they've not been what you would anticipate would be the outcome from your understanding of the community standards. Again, nobody's an expert on the community standards of any single platform unless you really draft the contract in my opinion there's some caveats to that sure i'm sure but but what do we do right i've heard this on different platforms as well hey i reported this this is obviously a blatant counterfeit engagement um, or an impersonator account or whatever it looks like or copyright infringement whatever that might be and i report it and the response is it doesn't go against our community standards well that's just a canned response. There's no background to that saying why, right? Because if it said why, we'd all learn. Oh, okay. I thought it would mean this, but your institution, your platform saying it doesn't, it means this. You might not agree with that, but at least you're embedded with more knowledge on the next time you need to engage the platform, right? Um, but it doesn't have that why. And when I train, I train investigators all over the globe. And when I train people, I don't just like to say, when this happens, do that because a monkey can do that, right? They want, I want to teach them the why, because when you understand the why you have a vested, a deeper vested interest in whatever your agenda is, right? In your case, fending for yourself, you understand the why you understand, okay, well, I might think this way, but the platform wants me to think this way as far as offenses go. So now I know, again, you don't have to agree with it, but now I know this is my channel to go if I see this but we're not given that information. And I understand that they can't really, you know, the idea is that they can't really personalize Chris's reports, Pansy's reports and John's and David's and Susan's, whatever it may be. But there's gotta be some level of, of, of understood expectations. And I'm not sure that there is right now with, with reporting offenses, with understanding what kind of offenses really are worthy of reporting. I mean, the platforms are quick to say, hey, just report something that you identify as violating our terms. And that's great to have that open door. But when we action something and we get something back that doesn't really mesh with what we expect, um, it, it turns us off to the situation, to the process. Well, what was the name of that documentary? Do you remember?
I don't know. Um, okay. I will, and this is a disservice I'm doing to your. Oh, it's okay. I'm sorry, but um, I can go ahead and I'll send that to you offline here, simply because I I can't remember it. It's okay. No, I I try to watch all that stuff, and so I can tell people, hey, go check this out. So whenever, yeah. no rush, no rush. Yeah, at it, all. it came out several years ago by the BBC, um, mm -hmm. and perhaps you saw it. it was several years ago, but it was really on point with the kind of mismatch of the responses that are held by the the platforms when you report stuff. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. Cool, cool. Well, everybody, this is all points. Well, let me give you the web address. It's allpointsinv.com. Be sure to check out Christopher's website. There's lots of information on it. Um, if you need help, contact him. They have a contact form on there. His assistant is very nice because we've exchanged emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for you, that. Yeah. Do you have any parting words before we uh, end this interview? You know what? I'll just simply say keep growing, folks. Keep growing with the education that's out there because just as technology is improving and progressing, um, bad actors are progressing in their engagements. Again, it used to be lone actors. Now it's a whole institution that we're battling. Um, so you you really have no choice but to arm yourself with the education and continue with that, that education. Listen to these podcasts, right? Pick up those books and read them. You know, download those reports from the media, from the industry saying, hey, this is what's how we're being affected by the FBI. The FBI releases reports every single year. I mean, follow up on that stuff. You don't really have to take a full-time job out with it because that'll really turn people off, but just be in the know with what's going on these days, because that's really the best way that you're going to be able to see those red flags when the situation arises in your inbox or on your, you know, your messaging platform or whatever that may be, or even your telephone by an SMS text. Um, so just arm yourselves with the education and maintain, uh, keep yourself up to date, be modern with your education. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and talking I learned so much and you're a rock star is all I, all I can say. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed having, um, having time with you. Thank you. Great. Well, there's a couple things that um, Christopher forgot to mention. Um, he had uh, said about, because one of the questions I asked was how platforms may be able to safeguard its users. And so here's a couple of the suggestions that he had, and I'm going to share them with you. One is providing clear and user-consumable feedback on what content violates community standards after a content violation is filed by users. This educates users with the knowledge of actionable content and experiences. Another one is maining a user safety first agenda is paramount to all platforms. And installing kid safety processes on platforms is detrimental to safeguarding the future of society. And lastly, it is critical that both sides of this conversation be open to the allowances and restrictions of tech, legalities, and other resources as one-sided agendas rarely offer societal progress. So I hope you all got that. <laughs> don't make me read it again. I don't think I can. <laughs> anyway, be sure to check out his website. It's www.all.com. 
www.ryanpointsinv.com. He's got a lot of great stuff on there. Um, so be sure to check it out. You need any of his services, please contact him and tell him that the pink lady sent you. <laughs> um, also, um, in case you haven't checked out my social media, it's that time of year again for St. Louis Magazine's favorite nominations. And of course, there's a blog category. So if you could go to stlmag.com slash A-list. My category for blog is under the arts and entertainment category. And all you have to do once a day until March 12th is go in there and type Pink Lady Against Scammers. And I believe you just have to put in like your email address and your zip code, and it doesn't matter where your zip code is. So you can put anything in. So please, and if I get nominated, which I hope I do again, um, then I get to be in the top five of uh, bloggers nominated. And you'll get to vote for me every day. I would appreciate it. <laughs> um, it's always fun. I do it mainly um, to get my name out there so that people can stop by, visit my blog, because they get thousands, tens of thousands of votes and people looking at all this. So I always figured, hey, it's good free advertisement for me. I would like to win, but that's okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. The important thing is that I get my name out there and people visit my stuff and get educated and also be entertained by my goofiness in my videos. So uh, thanks again. Um, my lives, as always, on TikTok are Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I changed the time on Saturdays to 7.30 p.m. instead of 7 uh, so that I can have dinner after church with my best friend. <laughs> um, so anyway, I hope you join me on my lives. Um, Suzanne Sugarbaker does show up on Saturdays and talks to the boyfriends. Um, if you haven't seen any of those videos, please go to my YouTube channel. It's Patsy3919. And on those lives, when Suzanne is out there talking, I uh, put the video on my YouTube channel. I also have had some great uh, creators from TikTok join me on my lives. Um, I've had Jersey John on last night. I'm getting ready to upload that video. I had Chad Huber, Catfishing the Catfish. I had Kathy from Advocating for You. So if you can't tune into the lives, I download the feed and put it on my YouTube channel so that you can watch it anytime. So be sure to check it out. I also had Gypsy on, and I'm having trouble downloading that. I don't know what the problem is, but he's a man that's in the military whose picture has been used over and over and over. So anyway, that's a lot of information to throw at you, but hey... Um, Check out all my stuff, my blog, my podcast, my Pink Lady page on Facebook. Join them all and stay in the know. And of course, always follow me on TikTok because that's where I do the majority of my all my videos there now. And um, on my blog, I still post important stuff as well. So as I always say at the end of every episode, remember, they don't love you. They love your money. <laughs>